Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Please pray for Sharon and I. We will be here Tuesday evening for our pie praise and pageantry. And wouldn't miss that for anything in the world. That's like the highlight of the year around here. But uh, Wednesday morning we'll be headed to Rockford, Illinois. Uh, Pastor Paul Kingsbury, who's a good friend of mine, been knowing him for a number of years, asked me to fill in for him. He's going to be away uh, this next Sunday. So I've preached there before. His people know me. I know some of them. And uh, it's always a delight. Uh, the church there in Rockford, for those of you that know about RU, that's, the, that's where RU originated. And Pastor Kingsbury is the director of the RU program. But he's going to be out of town, so we're going to be there. And he asked me months and months ago, and it just worked out where that uh, my son and daughter-in-law and four grandchildren from Dalhart, Texas, will be in Chicago, which is just an hour and a half away. So we're going to be able to see them. Haven't seen those that family in over a year and a half. And then uh, my other son, who pastors up in Wisconsin, uh, they're just an hour and a half north. So we're going to hopefully get everybody together on Friday, at least for an hour or two. And that's going to be exciting for Sharon and I. Going to make for a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, and that's what we want to talk about this morning. A happy Thanksgiving. Because for some people, the holidays can be uh, distressing. Uh, for those of you that remember Brother, Brother Keener, uh, when Brother Keener was alive, he used to do this tongue-in-cheek. He was a faithful member here for a number of years. By the way, Rosie's not here. She's down at her daughter's. Uh, she was in the emergency room this past week with bronchitis, not feeling well. Uh, so pray for Rosie, but she's better. Uh, but pray for my, that reminds me, pray for my mom. My mom is 86 and frail to begin with, and she's been sick for over a week with bronchitis. But when you're frail to begin with, bronchitis can knock you for a loop. And uh, to be honest, she's not doing real well. And my brothers are having to stay with her, and uh, I, I wish I could be there to do my part, but their they're understanding of it, but pray for, for my mom. So, you know, with people being sick and with other issues, it might be a challenge to find something to be thankful for. Well, we're going to find something to be thankful for. In fact, we're going to focus on three things in Scripture that every single believer in this room can find reasons to be thankful. And that is so important. Because a heart of gratitude helps in so many ways, even in dealing with the problems and the challenges we face. So we're going to focus this morning in Scripture on Psalm 100. And we're going to look at all five verses. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. It says, A psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And then he says in verse number four, 
Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. And then again, it is said a second time, be thankful unto him, and bless his name. Now remember, this is written to folks just like you. Oh, they lived a long time ago, but it's moms, it's dads, it's grandmas, it's grandpas, it's teenagers. It's people that aren't getting along. It's people that are going through difficult times. To those people, he said, be thankful. Praise him. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And this applies to us. He wasn't letting them off the hook. He's saying, be thankful. Yeah, you got problems. And yes, you got challenges. But be thankful. And then in verse number 5, he tells them why. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. I'm hearing something clicking. Are y'all hearing something clicking? Is that the fan? Really? Is that what it is? Can you put a rag in that bucket or something? Okay, thank you, Scott. See, there's nothing to be thankful for. The roof is leaking and life is just hard. Thanksgiving is a special day set aside in our nation when we give thanks to God for all his blessings. However, it may be a challenge to some. You know, think about what's going on in our society. Just think about that. Number one, we're seeing increased corruption in government, aren't we? That's discouraging. I mean, our nation has always set the standard, but I mean... We, we look at the banana republics. Look, I have, I have seen corruption firsthand from mission trips we used to take from Central Baptist Church in Baton Rouge into Mexico. When you cross the border, here, here we're on a big school bus with 20 kids and all their luggage and stuff. You cross the border, you go on the Mexican side, they pull you over into their, it's not a welcome center, it's an inspection center. They pull you over to the side and, and these, these Mexican guards come out. I've experienced this, okay? This is not something I've heard about. And, 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 and I had been told, if you don't hand put them something in their hand right there, they'll make every one of those kids get off the bus, they'll get all your luggage off the bus, they'll go through everything you have. Now, we have nothing to hide, but the point was, you put something in their hand, and they'll just wave you on by, as corrupt as can be. And we still have some good folks in government, and I'm thankful for it, but... We've got to be concerned about what we are hearing about at an increasingly alarming rate. So you could be concerned about that. You could be concerned about the coarseness of our society. The way people are just acting. When I was young, I never heard of road rage. There wasn't mass shootings. You didn't see the bumper stickers that are vulgar or the things on the back of windows that are vulgar or the t-shirts that are vulgar. You know, that's symptomatic of some serious problems. And the collapse of the biblical family. You know, that, that's creating all sorts of issues in our country today. And for those reasons, somebody might think, you know, what is there to be thankful about? Well, let's just acknowledge something else. What about the problems in our personal lives? Some people having a difficult marriage. Some people with a wayward child. Some people with a depleted bank account. 
someone with a bad medical report. Maybe someone having a personal struggle with some sin or addiction. Maybe a problem at work. Maybe a, a, a challenge, a, a mental challenge, not a metal challenge, a, a mental challenge with anxiety or depression. You start dwelling on all that stuff, which our minds, as Brother Monty pointed out, is quite capable of doing. You might find the whole idea of Thanksgiving and the holiday season quite a challenge. If that's you, if you're one of those that struggle to any degree, the message is for you this morning. You understand that God loves you this morning, His children. He loves you, He knows your issues. He loves you and he cares for you. He gets no pleasure out of seeing you depressed or filled with anxiety. And God loves you so much that he has this preacher being led of him to direct you to Psalm 100 that he gave us for the purpose of encouraging you this morning. In Psalm 104, it says, and he tells us, and this was written for perpetuity. It's not just written for the people that, that were reading it uh, several thousand years ago. It, it's, it, it was preserved of God in His Word for us to read it today. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. God is telling you and me this morning, be thankful. And it's not for you to say or determine otherwise. No, I'm just going to be depressed. No, I'm just going to be filled with, with anxiety. No, I'm just too worried about the direction of the world and I'm too upset about my personal life. No, he says to you, be thankful. And he does that for some really good reasons. It's because he loves us that he tells us to be thankful. He doesn't do that to aggravate us. Oh, I know they're going through some troubles, but, you know, here, this will just make it worse. I'm going to put them on a guilt trip because now I'm going to demand that they be thankful even though they're going through uh, some problems. And by the way, the problems that we're facing aren't his fault. Okay. What did he do when he created the world? It was beautiful. It was perfect. He said it was good, and then he said it was very good. Let me ask you this. Did he mess it up? He gave us a free will, which might have been the best gift of all. We're not robots. Okay? He gave us a free will. Adam and Eve messed it up, and everybody since then has messed it up. Now, he's going to come back and make it all better. In the interim... Him knowing that this is a sin-cursed world and we're having to face problems loves us enough to know that what we need in order to, to, to make the best of this sin-cursed world is gratitude and thankfulness. God instructs us to be thankful because there's so many benefits. Thankfulness helps you physically. It, it is a fact that thankful people are healthier than People that just always have the mully grubs. That's a fact. Thankfulness helps you mentally. That's a fact too. People are better off. People who are thankful rather than, than complaining or, or, or wallowing in self-pity are better off mentally and certainly spiritually. Thankfulness helps you spiritually. One writer said this, 
Practicing gratitude is a very powerful tool to shift your attention of the things you don't have to the things you do have, and this alone will make you feel better. And we're going to show you from Psalm 100 the fact that even though you might be going through tough times, and we're not denying that, but even though you're going through tough times, according to Psalm 100, you have much to be thankful for, and you have much to be thankful for, particularly in the things that really matter. The things that really matter. Uh, Spurgeon said this about the 100th Psalm. He says, the Psalm of praise, or rather of thanksgiving, this is the only Psalm bearing this precise inscription. It is all ablaze with grateful adoration, and it's for this reason been a great favorite with the people of God ever since it was written. Let's look at the verses in Psalm 100. Verse number 1. It starts off, a psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Make a joyful noise. Here's a quote. The idea in Psalm is that praise did not pertain to one nation only, that it was not appropriate for one people merely, that it should not be confined to the Hebrew people, but there was a proper ground of praise for all. There was that in which all nations of all language and conditions could unite, and that includes you and I as Americans today. We today should offer a psalm of praise. We have reason to offer a joyful noise. Verse number 2. In that psalm, he goes on to say, Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with thanks or with singing. You say, well, I just can't do that. Then that says a lot. If you can't obey this, then it says you're missing something. Something is amiss. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Quote, in your worship and in all your acts of obedience, let there be joy in this service. Let it not be the fear of slaves, not as a matter of compulsion and force, not with reluctance, moroseness, or gloom. Let it be a cheerful, happy service. Let it be freely rendered. Let it be an occasion of joy to the soul. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I think part of the problem is, in this world, we get focused on the world. And we're not thinking about he who gives us the most reason to be thankful, and that's the Lord. We are so immersed in the, in, in the mire and the muck of this world. We have to do what Pastor Monty says. We have to tell ourselves, no, don't go there. Focus on what you should be focusing on. Verse number 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. One writer said, he that made us, maintains us, and gives us all good things richly to enjoy. Now, you may be here in your mind arguing with me this morning and say, I don't have anything. Pastor, you don't know my story. I have nothing to thank God for. Be careful. Because in just a moment, we're going to show what, a, what an inaccurate thought that is. And in verse number 4, he says this. This is what we're fo- focusing on. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. 
yeah, we're talking about you. Yeah, we're talking about you in spite of the marriage, in spite of the children, in spite of the you know, money situation, the health situation. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So when he says, be thankful, enter into his gates or his courts with thanksgiving, what is thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is to be conscious of God's blessings and expressing our appreciation to him for his blessings. It is that simple. It is to be conscious of. Everything in this world is trying to pull you away from God, trying to pull you away from thinking about God. You've got to stop it and say, you know what? Life may be hard right now. I may be going through some tough times. But when I think about God, that gives me a whole different perspective. Things are altogether different now. He is real. He is on the throne. I am his child. You know, now that I think about it, i got a few things to be thankful for. Way more than the lost people of this world. Way more. So why is it that thanksgiving is important? Because he is stressing that. He says in, in verse number 5, or in verse number 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, one, and into his courts with praise, essentially the same thing, two, and be thankful unto him, three, and bless his name, four. I mean, that is being heavily emphasized to you and me this morning. He is emphasizing that we make sure that we have a spirit of thanksgiving regardless of what we may be going through. And I acknowledge, and God knows, more, more importantly than me, we're all going through something tough. Maybe some right now worse than others, but, you know, you live in this sin-cursed world, <coughs> there, there's going to be some difficult challenges. There's going to be some things that you're going to be scratching your head over trying to figure it out. So he emphasizes Thanksgiving. Why is this important? Let me give you some reasons this morning. Seven reasons. Thanksgiving to God is important because God, number one, he deserves it. Just because it says here he created all things. Number two, Thanksgiving to God is important because it reminds us of his love and blessings. When you're not expressing your Gratitude to God, you're not being reminded of his love and his blessings. Thanksgiving to God is important because it guards against envy and depression. Rather than focusing on what everybody else has and what you don't have and then getting depressed over it, Thanksgiving corrects that. Number four, Thanksgiving to God is important because it builds our faith. Your faith is built when in times of trials you are still thankful to God. Number five, thanksgiving to God is important because it's a good testimony to others. Number six, thanksgiving to God is important because God requires it. Number seven, thanksgiving to God is important because it brings glory to God. So in verse number four, really in four different ways, he is saying, be thankful to God, be thankful to God, be thankful to God, be thankful to God. There are people I know that exude that. There are people I know that are thankful. How do you know that? Because they say it. There are people I know that I hear say, I am so thankful to God. I have got it so good. I am so blessed. God has been so good to me. And yet there are other people that maybe they don't say they're not grateful, but the fact that they don't say it, might make you wonder. 
So in verse number four, he says four times, be thankful because he loves you. He, he, knows, he knows the problems that you're creating for yourself <coughs> if you think that you have nothing to be thankful for, no reason to be thankful. So he says that four times. And then in verse number five, in case you didn't know it, he says for or because. You need to focus your eyes and your heart on these three points this morning. Number one, or excuse me, he says, for the Lord, yeah, verse number five. Here's what he says. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Now, a superficial reading of that, it may not mean anything to you. You just read that, okay, yeah, God's good, and his his truth is everlasting, and blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. No, no, stop. Stop and and think about the significance. Let's get our minds off the things of this world. Let's get our minds on the things of God. And these three things that he mentions here, the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Folks, that is true even if you're going through some difficulties right now. In fact, I will say this. Those three points he makes there is critical to understand and appreciate if you're going through trials and difficulties right now. Let's look at these three points. Number one, believers can be thankful regardless of difficult circumstances because the Lord is good. The first third of that verse says very clearly, for the Lord is good. You think to yourself, With what I'm going through, it's hard for me to imagine that God is good. Well, think about these things. Number one, he is good because he saved you. Amen? You're not going to burn in hell for eternity. That's, That's a good thing. Number two, he is good because he has provided help for you in the form of the Holy Spirit, prayer, pastors, the Bible, the church, and fellow Christians, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, you're, you're going through a tough time, but guess what? He's giving you the Holy Spirit to help you through that. He's giving you the Bible. He's giving you the church. He's giving you pastors. He's giving you friends. He's, he's giving you a lot. He knows you're in a sin-cursed world, and he knows you're going to go through challenges. He said, I'm, I'm going to be there for you. Until all of this is rectified in the second coming, I'm going to help you. He is good. We brought it on ourselves that we're in this trouble, that we're in this mess we're in. We can't blame it on him. But even though we've created the problems, he shows just how good he is by saving our souls and by giving us all these blessings. Number three, he is good because our troubles always have a good purpose. Everything we're going through, whether we like it or not, he's up to something good. He always, it is always intended well for his children. I wouldn't intentionally let my kids go through anything bad unless I thought it was in, in their benefit. God is that good. Number four, he is good because our troubles can serve to correct us. You may be going through trials right now because you're backslidden. 
Because you don't want to listen to the preacher, you don't want to listen to the preaching, you don't want to listen to the Bible, you don't want to listen to the people that are trying to help you from God's Word, and God's spanking you right now. Guess what? That's a good thing. When you punish your children, it's for their good. He's good. Even when you're going through trials. And you may be going through trials just because he is good. Number five, he is good because he has promised he won't ever give us more than we can handle. That's a promise from God's word. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. Number six, he is good because troubles can mature our faith. That's part of our growing process. I mean, to be a good athlete, you've got to go through the rigors of the training. You just can't eat pie all day and watch TV and be a, be a good athlete. No, you've got to go through the rigors of training, and such is the case for us Christians as well. He is good because our troubles are temporary. For us believers, whatever you're going through, it's not for eternity. It is for the here and now. It's for a purpose. It's for a reason. It's for your good. It's for his glory. So yes, in that verse, in Psalm 105, he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Why? For the Lord is good. Whatever you and I might be experiencing right now, he is good. He is good. I like this quote, for the Lord is good. This sums up his character and contains a mass of reasons for praise He is good, gracious, kind, bountiful, loving, yea, God is love. He who does not praise the good is not good himself. That's a great quote right there. If you're not praising the goodness of God, even through trials, understanding the complexity that God allows it for a reason, it takes some maturity to understand that. And if you can't acknowledge that God is good, then guess what? This writer... You're not very good yourself. But understand that when he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, do so. Why? Because God is good. Number two, believers can be thankful in difficult circumstances because his mercy is everlasting. See the verse? For God is good. That's number one. Number two, and I love the logic of of, of God's word. That, that he gives you the command, and he's thoughtful enough to say, now here's the reasons why. That, that's, that's good points of, of logic and argumentation. Why? For the Lord is good. Secondly, his mercy is everlasting. What does that mean, his mercy? Mercy means to treat someone better than they deserve. And that's what God does with us. What do we deserve, folks? You know, when you consider the perfect, holy, righteous, all-powerful God, and then you look at us, and we, in our free will, disobey him. We're prone to, to go to the, uh, the worst side of life and go to the dark side of life. No, he is showing us great mercy. And, That's important when we're going through trials, when we're going through troubles. Let's look at them. Number one, God demonstrates mercy in that he loves us even though we are unlovely. 
you know, if you're a born-again child of God in this room this morning, we're currently at this moment experiencing the mercy of God. He is being good to us. Number two, God demonstrates mercy in that he sent his son to die for our sins. His son paid my penalty. His son paid your penalty. Whatever you're going through, that happened. And whatever you're going through, that matters. More than anything else that matters. Number three, God demonstrates mercy in that he is long-suffering towards us. I think I'm finding out the older I get, the less patient I get. I'm really trying to work on that. Sharon, don't say a word. (laughs) She's she's giving me the evil eye right now. I really do. I think I'm getting less less patient. Um, there There was an incident that occurred yesterday morning coming in. And I better not go there. But that lady was going to leave her car stuck right there in the middle of the road without anybody else getting around them and because she couldn't get up our hill. And I get out to try to help her. And she wasn't going to listen to what I had to say. And finally I said, okay. I won't tell you the rest of the story. It had a happy ending. But then I was beating myself up. I said, yeah, you should have been more patient. You should have been more patient. But anyway, God demonstrates his mercy in He's long-suffering towards us. God demonstrates mercy in that he keeps his promises. All the promises that he has made to us, he will fulfill. We may not always live the way he wants us to live, but if he made us a promise, he's going to keep it. That's showing mercy. God demonstrates mercy in that he answers our prayers. Even though we're sinners, even though we still mess up, even after salvation, he answers our prayers. Number six, God demonstrates mercy in that he guides and directs us. You can go to his word for guidance. You can go to him in prayer for guidance, and he will guide and direct if we'll just listen. That's showing us mercy. As rebellious as we are, as self-centered as we are, as sinful as we are, he demonstrates mercy on on a daily basis with us. And number seven, God demonstrates mercy in that he reaches out to us. He is in pursuit of us. He wants a relationship with us. No matter how cantankerous we are, how inconsistent we are in our faith, he demonstrates mercy all the time. So even going through problems, even going through trials, we still experience the love of God or or the fact that God is good and we experience the mercy of God. I like this quote. His mercy is everlasting. That's what the verse says. God is not mere justice, stern and cold. He has bowels of compassion and wills not the sinner's death. Towards his own people, mercy is still more conspicuously displayed. It has been theirs from all eternity and shall be theirs world without end. For those of us that are saved, the mercy that we have already experienced will be mercy that is applicable to us throughout all of eternity. So, he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. For the Lord is good, number one, and even in our times of trials, he is good. And maybe another way to put it is, in times of trials, he is especially good. And number two, his mercy is everlasting, even going through trials, and particularly in trials, do we experience his mercy 
And then lastly, number three, believers can be thankful in difficult circumstances because his truth endures. His truth endures to all generations. Most all of the commentaries on that phrase about his truth seem to interpret this as meaning his promises. The truth of his promises endure to all generations. So, have you ever thought about going through the trials, the promises that you can cling to, for which you can give him thanks? Number one, he's promised to give you, he's promised not to give you more than you can bear. That's comforting as you're going through a trial. Number two, he's promised not to leave you or to forsake you. Number three, he's promised you a comforter, of course, referring to the Holy Spirit. Number three, he's promised always to make a way of escape when you find yourselves with a temptation. Number five, he's promised that trials can be beneficial for you. Number six, he's promised to be a refuge for you in trials. And number seven, he's promised to guide and direct you through trials. You're going through a trial? Based on his promises alone, you have much to be thankful for right now. We need to do a better job of getting our eyes off the here and now and focusing on him. I like this quote. We live in a society that is always changing. Things and people we thought we could always count on let us down. The storms of life blow us all over the place. But in the chaos of life, in the chaos of life, there is an anchor. That anchor is God's sure faithfulness. We can depend and rely on Him. So, several thousand years ago, when the psalmist wrote this, it was for God's people to read. And he said, be thankful, praise God, bless God. That was written to folks who, maybe they wore funny looking clothes back then and spoke a different language and they were in a different culture. It was people like us. People that were struggling to make a living. People that would be offended. People that would be hurt. People that would say, well, I can't believe she said this or he did that. And yet he tells them to be thankful because the blessings are so many. Again, Psalm 104, verses 4 and 5. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. Folks, there's not a person in this room that's not facing some kind of difficulty. My heart's been heavy this past week about my mom and the fact that I'm not down there. And God understands that. You know, I, I, and, and, and some of you are facing far worse trials than that. But if we're not careful, that's all we will, it will consume us. And for that reason, I want to challenge you. When you start going there and maybe feeling sorry for yourself or shaking your fist at God, remember this isn't God's fault, number one. Remember that God is, is, is good. God, God is merciful. And, and the truth of God is forever. Believers can be thankful regardless of difficult circumstances because the Lord is good. He shows himself good even in our trials.
Number two, believers can be thankful in difficult circumstances because his mercy is everlasting. And believers can be thankful in difficult circumstances because his truth endures. We'll close with this last quote. I love this. A thankful heart is one of the primary identifying characteristics of a believer. If you're a true believer, you really should have a thankful heart. It stands in stark contrast to pride, selfishness, and worry. And it helps fortify the believer's trust in the Lord and reliance on his provision, even in the toughest times. No matter how choppy the seas become, a believer's heart is buoyed by constant praise and gratefulness to the Lord. Let this congregation this week, daily, be thankful to the Lord and express that thanksgiving to Him and tell others why you are thankful to God. I said, oh, Pastor, it's so hard right now. Wait, did, were you listening? <laughs> God is good, He is merciful. And his truth is everlasting. That applies to you and to me. And that should be powerful enough and exciting enough to support us and encourage us through those periods of times when maybe the storm clouds are there. And this Thursday, hopefully, you're gathered around a table, hopefully with family and and our friends, and you can bow your head and you can have much to be thankful for. Oh, it may be tough. You may be going through some tough times, but your spirit is buoyed more by what Psalm 100 teaches us. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.